Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. Good evening, church. It's good to get to spend a few minutes with you this evening. I invite you to take your Bibles, and we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 13 for the next few minutes. If you want to follow along, Hebrews chapter 13. While you're turning there, I just want to, I want to commend you as a congregation. I see a lot of people in this congregation that I love. I've known you for quite some time. I see some new faces. And uh, it's just a privilege to get to spend a few minutes with you this evening. This time last year, uh, where I worship, we were going through a school, house-to-house school of evangelism, uh, at this time when I was here um, just a year ago. And my understanding is that Rob and Nicole Whitaker, their family, is going to be with you, hopefully, Lord willing, in the spring. I want to tell you from firsthand, I know many of you are making preparations, you're planning for this. Um, I'm going to encourage you 100% attendance because I'm, I'm going to tell you, I know this congregation is a soul winning congregation. I know that, that, that that's number one, that that's priority is to go out to teach the lost. I believe that Hatton has had that reputation. Um, what you're about to experience in the spring, I, I want you to know, it is going to challenge you. It's going to challenge this congregation. It challenged our congregation. But if you will commit your mind, your time, everything about you, your love for the Lord, if you will commit to this effort. Uh, One, it's going to continue to unify the West Huntsville Church of Christ, uh, to unify us, all of us who are members of the body of Christ, to understand and to be about the one mission that we have on this earth. And, and, And in addition to that, what you're going to see is you're going to see people baptized into Christ Jesus, I promise you. You, you sow the seed, and especially with what you're about to go through, it is an intense effort that uh, when a congregation locks into it, it works. And uh, the statistics have shown, and, and we are seeing people uh, in our community uh, who are obeying the gospel. Re- uh, lots of people, uh, even within this year, um, who have obeyed the gospel. And so it's exciting. I'm excited for this congregation. And I pray that you will spend a lot of time in prayer and you will commit yourself to uh, that effort when it comes around. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of good things that we can be part of, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good works. And I'm, I'm thankful for this fall series. I was looking through the topics and I, I saw that uh, sometime back, Paul and I were talking and the assignment that was given to me is concerning wisdom, concerning empathy. I think that's an interesting topic. Now, I appreciate you letting us borrow Paul last week. He did an excellent job representing the congregation, representing the Lord. Uh, fantastic lesson over at Hatton. Brother Collie's going to be with us, I believe, at the 1st of November. I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm glad I get to be here for a little while just to talk about this subject of empathy. What do you know about empathy? I want to I kind of give this as part of the introduction, and that is when, you, when we talk about things like empathy, and we talk about rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. 
it demands that we at least spend a little bit of our time that we're going to be in the scriptures talking about the reality of pain and suffering and trouble that we experience in life. See, where empathy takes us from those experiences is going to take us to the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want to take the, one of the texts that was assigned to me from Hebrews chapter 13, and I, I, I want to read it together, and then I want us to really think about what, what, what the Hebrew writer is saying here. We're, we're just going to read about the first five verses or so, and, and it's really only one verse that we're going to focus on uh, for the introductory part. So Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse number one, says, let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for so for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners as if chained to them or with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, that's just the first five verses. We could, we could obviously read the entirety of chapter 13. That, that, that's not necessary for this lesson. We're talking about empathy. What, what are the first five verses have to do with empathy? And in actuality, the verse that we're going to focus on I would venture to say is one that maybe we may be tempted as if we're reading through the scripture, if we're reading through the Bible in a year, it may be that we just kind of glass over it and keep on moving and don't really see the depth of what is happening in Hebrews chapter 13. See, the, the first five verses have taken a number of different subjects, great subjects, and it's kind of like the Hebrew writer is firing one thing, give cons- some consideration to brotherly love, firing another thing, and and probably what we do oftentimes is we, we take Hebrews 13 and we have some great conversations about angels, right? I think that's fun. I think it's enjoyable. It's biblical. We can talk about that subject. Sometimes we take Hebrews chapter 13 and we look around verse number 4, I believe it is, and we talk about the sanctity of marriage, the holiness of marriage, all of these wonderful biblical subjects. How many times have you just dove into and really tried to exegete, really tried to to understand better verse number 3? Let's read it again. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Now I'm going to I'm going to emphasize with hopefully I'm going to with my voice. I want to emphasize several words within that one verse that I hope that we can think about over the next few minutes. Remember the prisoners as if you were chained with them. Those who were mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Now let's, let's think about this passage and uh, let's, let's talk about sympathy and empathy, okay? I believe, I believe both are important to our Christian walk and our Christian faith. What do you mean by that? I believe it's extremely important that we, 
that we live lives to where we can experience sympathy towards people who are going through difficult times. I believe it's important that we understand the ministry that's associated with the concept of empathy. What would be the differences? Listen closely because this is really the, that'll, the concept that will launch us through the remainder of this lesson. Sympathy is, I acknowledge that you are going through some pain or some trouble and I, within me, I want to try in some way bring compassion and bring hope to your life. So I do that by observing your circumstance and I acknowledge that you are going through some type of pain or trouble. Empathy is different. Empathy adds a layer to it. Empathy doesn't just acknowledge that you're going through some pain or trouble, but empathy says, I have been through something that is similar to your circumstance and there are feelings that I experienced that probably you are experiencing and I'm here to offer you some hope. So in other words, sympathy is, I, I, I haven't been through that particular experience. Empathy is, I have experienced something extremely similar. Uh, let, let's just, uh, let's give some examples. Okay, um, I heard some announcements concerning giving for uh, those in the Ukraine. I think that's a wonderful ministry and a wonderful opportunity. Um, I have some close friends and close brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ in Russia and Ukraine. Um, And so I I pray for them quite often, and you do too, because we have brothers and sisters on that side of the world who live in different countries, and you have gospel preachers, you have young men and so on who are being called up to bear arms within those countries and now they're at war. I I haven't experienced war, okay? I'm talking about firsthand. As a soldier, some of you, some of you may know very well the war in Iraq, the war in Afghanistan. Some of you may know very well the Vietnam War. You experience those things firsthand, okay? I observe, I understand, I have brothers and sisters in Christ, people in that country in general who are hurting, and I am extremely sympathetic towards what they are going through to the point that it moves me, it moves you to want to bestow compassion upon them. So you give. We understand that. On the other hand, you take somebody who has smelled the smells associated with war who has heard the crashing and the the loud bangs of war, who have heard the bombs and seen the bombs and smelled the smells and seen the blood and so on, you have the experience to go along with that compassion. And so the empathetic side is, I've experienced something similar and it moves me to want to offer you hope because I've been there. So that's the difference. All of us should be called to be compassionate Christians who feel something towards the plight of mankind, pain, trouble, people going through difficult things. You know what the, you know what the temptation is though? The temptation is, the temptation is not really to feel anything because you see trouble everywhere. The temptation is, 
that at one time in your life you were bothered by that person who was begging for food. At one time you were sympathetic towards them. And now it's possible that we become cold and hard-hearted towards the difficulties that others experience. And the Hebrew writer is calling the audience to, listen to this, remember the prisoners. Now think about the context of the book of Hebrews. Um, Book of Hebrews, obviously there's the connection to Judaism, Hebrews. Um, Christians who had obeyed the gospel but were drifting away. They were in danger because they were going back to the old Mosaic Levitical system. And so the book of Hebrews is about the better sacrifice, uh, the better promises and so on. And so during that time, Christians living, they're facing struggles, troubles. I don't know exactly when the book of Hebrews was written. I have some guesses, but I don't know exactly when it was written in the in that time period. But I do know this. Under Roman rule, imprisonment was a common thing. Now, how many of you, if, 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 the, if the instruction is, remember the prisoners, are you already going, eh, that's not for me. We've missed it then. Remember, actually... Remember actually is give attention to, give priority to, not just think about them, but do something to help them. And so remember the prisoners. What's the, what's the issue with prisoners in the first century? Pri- uh, prisons in that day and age were dark, they were dingy, they were overcrowded. Many of them, they say, what they were fed was bread and water. It stank. The only connection that I have to the prison concept is going and visiting there and having opportunities to preach there. Maybe some of you have had that opportunity. Maybe some of you actually have experienced jail or prison and you've obeyed the gospel, you're a Christian, and you can actually speak to that experience. Remembering the prisoners of the first century was something that, remember even Jesus calls our attention in Matthew chapter 25. Remember Matthew chapter 25, the life of of disciples of Christ, what your life is supposed to look like. You're supposed to feed those who need food and clothe those who don't have clothing and, and, and visit the sick and visit the pr- prisoners. Because prisoners, that was a, that was a common concept. And, and, and so he's calling attention to a certain group of people who are going through a struggle. These have, he even gives the description they've been mistreated And then he says, I want you to remember them in such a way as if you were chained with them. What's he doing? He's trying to connect your mind to their situation. Now think about how important that is. I want to tell you, Hebrews 13 and verse number 3 is rich. It's challenging. I want you to imagine, to envision, to see the challenges that your brothers and sisters here are facing and I want you to imagine their situation as if you were actually chained with them. So in other words, we, we use this idiom, this, this phrase in our, our English language, we say, put yourself in their shoes. Imagine what it would be like if you were the one experiencing these things and he even says in the latter part of verse number three, he says, since you yourselves are in the body also. In other words, you're connected. You know what? That's what happens when we talk about empathy. 
There's a connection. Connections are important, aren't they? I was at the Honolulu Church of Christ back end of May, 1st of June, and uh, was meeting some of the visitors there. They have a a method by which they identify visitors. When you walk in, they give you this beautiful lei that you wear around your neck, and so you know who the visitors are. And there was a family that was seated right behind me, and this gentleman started talking to me, and I said, yeah, I'm from northwest Alabama, grew up in uh, Huntsville, Madison area, and he said, do what? He said, really? He said, see that fella sitting over there? That's Glenn Colley's uncle. I'm not kidding. I sent Glenn a, a picture. You know what happened in just a few brief moments? I, already I'm beginning to experience a connection because I have a friend named Glenn Colley, a brother in Christ. And uh, I find out this gentleman knows very well Glenn Colley. And so I go and I sit right beside him and I begin, we begin to have this conversation. Now what just happened? There was an immediate drawing. We have something in common, someone in common. And because of that, there's automatically, there's an, an added connection. That's, that's beautiful. It's important, right? We, we have this happen all the time. Empathy is about connecting, drawing people in. April 30th, 2013, if my mind, if my mind will stay with me for the rest of my life, I'll never forget that day. I I was, um, I'd made it to the church building very early that morning and was making preparation. I had been invited by a brother in Christ to go down to Montgomery. It was the day that the Alabama House of Representatives was to meet. And this brother in Christ, who's also a gospel preacher, invited me to come lead the opening prayer for that meeting that day. And so I was about to head out. When at about 7.50, I got a phone call that was frantic. And one of our sisters in Christ, Stacy Jackson, was screaming into the phone that an accident had just happened in Hatton that involved one of our 17-year-old teenagers and her younger sister. Jonathan and Emily will remember this extremely well. Her words were, Caitlin's gone. I was a young preacher. I want to tell you right now, I was not prepared At least the way that I think back, I didn't feel prepared for what I was about to experience. So I raced to Highway 157 where a fueling station was where the girls had been that morning to get some breakfast and they had pulled out and crossed the four lane there and were going to circle around and come back to to the schoolhouse and when they, when they pulled out, they didn't see. There was a truck that was blocking the view. And when they pulled out, a semi T-boned them. And the semi and the car went across the median into the other side. I don't know if I've ever prayed like I prayed that morning. Two miles from the church building to where the accident was, I yelled my prayer. I screamed. When I got to the highway, I pulled into the gas station and 
traffic was stopped and I got out of the car and I ran across the four lane and when I went around behind the semi-truck, I could see the new Ford Explorer that was there. I could see the airbags. And as I got closer, one of my good friends, who's also one of the high school coaches, was one of the high school coaches at Hatton. He meets me, runs from the vehicle and meets me and he embraces me. And we just stood there and we hugged for a moment. One of the sheriff's deputies in in all of this happening came up behind me and he says, sir, we need you. Some of the family's pulling up. I went back across the four lane and I found the grandmother who's also a member at Hatton. We wept. And I turned around and there was another semi right there in the right there on one of the lanes in the four lane and I could see just down the line of traffic that had been stopped and I could see one of my best friends running because he couldn't get close enough. He had left his truck in the median and he was running. He was the grandfather. He was also one of my elders at the time. He was the man who when I received the call in June of 2006 asking would I like the position to be the Hatton Church of Christ pulpit minister. It was his voice on the other line. And as he ran close, he said, what of my granddaughters? And I said, they're fixing the med flight Allison to Huntsville. They've, they've got her stabilized right now. They're sending her to Huntsville. And he said, what about Caitlin? I couldn't say anything. I looked at him and I went. And he began to collapse to the ground. And I caught him before he hit the ground and I picked him up and I said, let's walk over here. We spent hours and hours and hours in that first floor waiting room at the Huntsville Hospital praying and waiting to hear about Allison's condition. Their parents, some of my best friends on this earth, one a deacon in our church, longtime deacon, people of faith, I'm telling you this because I don't know. I don't know what it's like to lose a grandchild. I haven't experienced losing a child in that manner. I can sympathize. It breaks my heart. Tell you something I have learned and I can do. If there's another minister or another preacher out there that during a moment of tragedy, that during a moment of I don't know what to do, I can empathize with that brother in Christ. And if all I can do is give them just a little glimmer of hope, It's about connection. Some of you, the things that I've described, I don't know what it's like thus far to have a rebellious child, but I have sat and I have counseled and I have wept with other members who have lived through, I I thought I've done everything right and my child's gone a different direction. Some of you can empathize. I can describe a lot of different scenarios, financial challenges, 
Can you empathize with people who go through financial hardship? Can you empathize with people who have experienced the loss of a grandparent or a parent? All these things, I know that they trigger, they trigger the memories of hurt and pain in our lives. But empathy demands that I reflect upon my experience in order to close the gap with other people so that I in turn can find some way to bring some type of hope to their lives. That's the connection we're talking about. Now there's four things that I want us to think about over the next few minutes that we have left. Okay, four things. Here they are. Four principles. And and really if you study anything dealing with empathy, more than likely these things are probably going to come up in some form or fashion. Number one, I'm with you. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Point number one, I'm with you. I've got, a, I've got a close friend that has told, if he's told me this once, he's told me it a hundred times. Chris, when I say I'm with you, I'm with you. That means no matter what, I'm with you. Now, if you've got people in your life that, that think that way, you are a blessed person. I'm with you. Number two, I'm not going to fix you. I'm not, I'm not here to fix things. It's not what empathy is about. Number three, I'm not going to tell you the feelings you should have concerning your pain. That's not why I'm here. I'm not here to tell you the feelings that you should have concerning your pain. In other words, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. Number four, it's closely connected to that number one. I'm here to walk with you and give you some hope. I'm here to walk with you and give you some hope. So let's, let's, let's back up just a moment. Let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about the importance of compassion and, and connection and empathy. Now, if you skip back just a few chapters and go back to Hebrews chapter 4, this is a godly principle. Obviously, because we're studying in a series like this, we want to have wisdom concerning how to go about being empathetic to people. Um, and so, this is something that our God, that Jesus Christ, they, they do perfectly. So Hebrews chapter 4 in verse number 15 and 16 reads this way. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, my Jesus understands. We don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we yet without sin. Listen to verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Isn't that a beautiful thought when it comes to our God? See, see, God could have remained, I mean, he's, he's infinite. He could have remained where he is, been who he is, and yet he loved us so much that he sends his only son to come to earth, human flesh, man touched him, they understood he was in the flesh. He experienced life like we experienced life. He went through the troubles Isaiah 53 and verse number 4 says he is a man of sorrows acquainted with what? Grief. He knew it. He understood it. So my Jesus knows about this. And so the things that he shows me, I know that he does it best. So 
I'll give you an example. John chapter 11. Remember in John chapter 11, the, the passing of Lazarus? Remember? Yeah. Martha, Mary, Lazarus, close, close friends of our Lord. Lazarus dies. When Jesus does get there to the scene, Martha is brokenhearted. Eventually, he's going to make it to where Mary is there, and Mary is brokenhearted. And there's that verse in John chapter 11 and verse 35. We teach our children, we teach them in Bible class. And I mean, you can memorize one verse, right? John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. You've got it. Great. Wonderful. Jesus wept. Sure did. There's been a lot of uh, speculation over why did Jesus weep in John 11? I've heard people discuss, well, maybe it was because he knew he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead and he was about to call him back from a place that's so much better than a life full of trouble. Well, maybe that's fun for discussion, but all you have to do is read the verses before. And when he saw Mary and he saw this family and he saw the Jews weeping, you know what, you know what happened within Jesus? He groaned in his spirit. God help me to be that kind of Christian that when I see the plight of man, when I see my brothers and sisters struggling, that I never stop groaning in my spirit and weeping for them. Connection is important. I'm with you. I'm with you. Number two, I'm not here to fix everything. I'll tell you, I'm, a, I'm that person. I battle when I'm talking with people. One of the things that I battle, maybe some of you can relate, is listening to what they're going through. I battle one thing going, that my mind is moving fast forward and already I'm putting the pieces of the puzzle together and going, oh, if you just do this, it would work. Right? My wife hates that. I'm not here... I'm not here to fix all the problems. Maybe, maybe what we do, and maybe what we do in a scenario to where you're with someone who is hurting, is maybe as you sit down, you follow what James teaches us in James chapter 1. What are you supposed to be slow to do? Speak. What are you supposed to be quick to do? I know there's more to the verse, but quick to do. Listen. How about just sitting there and listen? Say, you know, I'm here and I want you to know I'm with you. And and I want to hear about what you're experiencing and what you're going through right now. I want to know what's on your mind. Talk. I'm an ear right now just to listen. And let them pour out their heart and cry with them. That's empathy. I'm not here to tell you how to feel. I I want want to encourage you, there's something important not to do when you're talking with someone who is going through difficult times and trials. I know exactly what you're going through. Don't say that. I know that people say it, and they say it with good intentions. Don't say it, please. I know exactly what you're going through. You know what that person is thinking in their minds? If they don't say it out loud, you know what they're saying? No, you don't. You don't know what it's like to go through the loss of a spouse. Oh, you've experienced it. You don't know what I'm going through. You see, 
So let's be careful that we don't. Here's what's happening in their minds oftentimes. You're minimizing their problem. And what we're trying to do is, in empathy, we're trying to say, I've experienced something similar. And because, how many of you actually, when you're going through some struggle, as a preacher, did you know that preachers go through difficult times? We face, of course we do. Life is life. We face difficult challenges, difficult decisions along the way. You know what I'm doing in my mind when I think about I'm going through some challenge? I'm thinking about who out there can I call, can I look to, who has lived an experience like I'm going through right now because I want to talk to them them. And that's what empathy is. I'm providing that opportunity to you for me to be an ear. If you want to ask questions, ask questions. But I want you to know I'm with you. And I'm not here to fix everything. And I'm not here to tell you all the ways you're supposed to feel. I just want you to know you don't have to be alone in this. And I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk with you the rest of the way. And I want you to know that there's hope. We're going to make it. We're going to do this. We're out of time. Can I exhort you? Can I encourage you? Be people who learn compassion. Experience compassion. And let it manifest itself in the way that you are sympathetic and you are empathetic to the people who are crying and they are hurting in this world, especially in the body of Christ. Thank you for your attention. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.